When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good undefeated Wednesday morning, everybody. You got your birds, 365 Mac and Mac duo in the house. That'd be John McMullen and me, Jody McDonald. And yes, everybody's kind of counting down the hours until when the Phillies play game three of the NLDS. But we've got a couple of days before we get to the Eagles and the Jets. Philadelphia going up to Turnpike. Take on an Aaron rodgers list Jet squad, who I thought had a chance to be a Super Bowl contender. Not the case with Zach Wilson, uh, but uh, can the Eagles get to six and out? That's what we'll try and figure out here today. Johnny Mac, uh, full practice yesterday? No, no practice yesterday. Just coordinator's day. Full practice today. Um, yeah, Wednesday. Typical week, Sunday game. So Wednesday, Thursday, Friday are the practice days. Um yeah, and we got to speak with the coordinators after a pretty solid effort, I would say, overall in Los Angeles, considering the circumstances. Um, Michael Clay, though, I mean, special teams didn't have to do anything. Right. <laughs> they didn't have to cover they were bad. They weren't that <laughs> no. good. They didn't take the day off. Yeah, basically. They took, except Jake Elliott, who, you know, makes every field goal anyway. So, um, yeah, they had an easy day. Um, 
And I think Sean Desai did a good job recovering from some early struggles. And, you know, Brian Johnson keeps piling up yards, 20 to 20. You need to get better in the red zone. But 5-0 and is 5-0, and Jody. Only did, two teams. Uh, <laughs> did Sean Desai uh, expand on, uh, I know they have this week to evaluate him, but it's official now that they opened up N'Kobe Dean's practice window. Uh, did he lean toward how much participation Nicobe will get, if any? They don't have to activate him. They can activate him. Uh, when he was hurt, they put him on the four-week IR, and the belief and hope was that he'll be ready to go after four weeks. Well, we've reached that fourth fourth week. He is uh, eligible to be activated for the game. Did you get any hints one way or the other as to whether that's going to be the case? And if so, how are they going to use him? Uh, no, of course not. Sean, uh, knows better. He wants to keep his job. So, (laughs) you know, competitive advantage and all that type of thing basically said the more talent, the better, um, which I agree with, but, uh, I didn't think, I don't think they thought they'd be in this position when the was ready to come back. Uh, and Nicholas Morrow's played very well. Um, and, Zach Cunningham is, has has been solid as well. So, you know, it's a good thing. Now you have three linebackers to lean on instead of two. But ultimately, you know, N'Kobe's going to get on the field. Um, is it going to be this week? Remember, you have a 21-day practice window for a reason. You know, you might want to take a week to ramp him up. Uh, if he's ready to go, he's ready to go. I continue. I can't believe they would not play him. Um, he's their best linebacker. I don't think there's much doubt of that from a talent standpoint. Um, I don't see there should be any reason to hesitate. Um, you say you tip your cap to the the backup and say, nice job, and, and move back to the guy you built the position around. That's That's what I would do. That's what I assume they're going to do, but – No, nobody let on when it came to that. And you mentioned Michael Clay and the fact that the Eagles weren't all that active on uh, special teams on Sunday against the Rams. Uh, But uh, you never know, going into a given week, you can either need a uh, big performance out of your special teams or you can get by like you did this last week with not having to worry about it much. Um, That plays into my linebacker question. Christian Ellis has been one of their better special teams player was last year when they added him to the roster came up. You could actually see a difference in the Eagles coverage with Christian Ellis out there. I thought he did an outstanding job uh, and shoot. There were a lot of people that thought Christian Ellis was going to be a starting linebacker for the Eagles this year, that it could be him to Kobe because he flashed a little bit way back in preseason practices um, but that has not been the case. He has not gone on field much at all behind Nicholas Morrow, who they released and brought back to the practice squad and did the elevation thing with him and uh, Cunningham, who they picked up off the scrap heap early in spring. So Ellis has just not shown them enough to get out there as a linebacker from the line of scrimmage. If they had Nicobe Dean, you know, we got to subtract somewhere. You and I have fun playing these roster games on Birds 365 almost on a daily basis as the Eagles need to make this these decisions. Is Christian Ellis a lock to be sticking around just because of his special team value? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, 
Uh, no, they, and they have plenty of other options before. Obviously, he hasn't, you know, a lot of people speculated he might uh, be a part of, of the conversation at linebacker. So maybe that part's disappointing. But I mean, he's, yeah, he's a core, he's a core four guy, as they say. So I'll try to pull it up. I mean, you know, the Eagles, by the way, have been much better on special teams this year uh, overall. And I'll look up that. Remember, they were bottom five, whether you went with film, PFF, whether you went with Rick Goslin, who compiles every special team statistic and rates it that way. They were they were bottom five in the NFL last year. It was the it was the one thing they they were really poor at. Um and and it was pretty consistently poor. And they got a little bump from Christian, as you mentioned. But um yeah, so he's played 99 special team snaps, um, and so is Patrick Johnson. So those are the two core guys, and then it goes down to 92 for Ringo, and then you go all the way down to the 70s. So And, and there's only one guy in the 70s and one guy in the 60s. So he is a big, big part. Of not only one or two units, every unit they have, um, and 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 there are plenty of other options uh, to to move on from and manipulate the back end of the roster. Yeah, he's safe. He's he's a big part, and they're seventh in the NFL from PFF. Right really, now. that's yeah, a nice seventh, rating. Seventh in the NFL, and he's a big big part of that. And and Ringo, by the way, we've been talking about Ringo because he's been a disappointment at cornerback, and he has, but he's been a really good special teams player. And so is Sidney, Sidney Brown, when he's healthy. And those two guys have really improved things uh, because of their athleticism and their ability to not only cover, but Michael Clay's been mentioning, they've been good blockers on the outside for Britton Cubby, and he's had um, a tremendous year so far. And obviously, Jake Elliott helps you on special teams. Right. Jake and Covey are the two biggest reasons, I think, that you're seeing not not just a, an improvement, a massive improvement. When you're going from the bottom to top 10, that's a pretty damn big jump. So uh, kudos to the, both the players and to Michael Clay, who I questioned during this offseason season because he was that bad and didn't quite understand why the Eagles felt the need to give him a contract extension coming off a season where they're one of the lowest ranked specialty teams in the National Football League didn't seem to add up. But, hey, his, his units are getting the job done, so we give him uh, the, ju- the the props that he deserves. Uh, you mentioned Sidney Brown. Um, no practice. Uh, he is uh, coming off a, a week in which he sat with the hamstring injury. Um, he noted with us several times last week that you'd be very careful with speed guys with the hamstrings injury because if you put them back in too early boom there it goes again can miss even more time so do you think they're going to be overly cautious with Sidney Brown again this week probably not know until practice today yeah probably uh you know if he's not practicing that's a really bad sign uh if he's practicing even on a limited basis which I think he would be um then it's a good sign and they're probably going to ramp them up this week. They said when it originally happened, it was the lowest grade of hamstring strain. So, um, you know, two to four weeks, if you want to be really cautious, you look at uh, Jefferson, 
Justin Jefferson, they put him on IR or they're going to put him on IR, you know, completely shut him down for four weeks. You can't mess with those things with speed guys, as I said. So the Eagles are going to be really cautious. Um, you know, now that Roby's here, it's not imperative to, to get him in the nickel um, as much uh, as they were trying to piecemeal it through in Tampa um when he when he did it for the first time so you don't have to be concerned about that as much as well so i think they'll be ultra cautious and make sure he's 100 percent. but yeah i don't know where he is and we'll get a better indication of uh when we get the practice report late this afternoon um if he's not practicing that's probably an indication he's not going to be up this week listen to uh sirianni in his day after press thing uh, after everybody got back from LA and he was specifically asked about how he used players in the nickel look the other day. And that uh, a couple of guys already here got a chance, played some, but then were removed. And when Roby went in, he pretty much stayed there the rest of the game. And Oh, by the way, the play at that position improved. So yeah, Ro- Ro- Roby's the man going forward. Is he going to start this week? Do they think he can play as many stat snaps as uh, uh, the, the rest of Well, He's not going to play as many as the corners because the uh, nickel back is off at least some plays each and every single game, depending on what the other team puts out there as far as the lineup goes. Uh, how many snaps do you think we're going to see out of Roby this weekend? Well, I was given the I was given the number seventy specifically last week, and they said, "Well, he can't play seventy plays." Um, now, you know, they didn't play seventy. He ended up playing twenty five, I think. Um, so, you, you would think he ramps up from twenty five. Now, the hope with the Jets is they're not going to be out there for a lot of plays um, with Zach Wilson. So, could he play forty five, fifty plays? Yeah, I think so. He's in, as most NFL cornerbacks, he's in tremendous uh, physical shape. Um, He knows how to play. He's a veteran, savvy. I think he can play the whole game um, at nickel, especially if, as I said, the Jets struggle offensively, which I think most people expect them to do. yeah, so I I think he's he's going to be the nickelback this week, um, and it's not going to be now if things start to go in the negative direction, um, and he starts to show some rust, and for some reason the Jets start clicking and they're out there for seventy plays, yeah, then maybe some other guys got to get involved. Um, but I think we saw enough of Mario Goodrich and Eli Ricks in in the slot. Um, yeah, I, I I don't think they played themselves on the field more. Now, Goodrich, I I feel a little bit sorry for because he got two opportunities. One was against Justin Jefferson, and one was against Cooper Cup. I mean, those are the breaks. Um, and and Ricks, I mean, that's unfair. Uh, yeah, right. I, I, I feel ever... more sorry for him than I do for Goodrich because yeah. you're asking him to play a position that he never played in college. And now all of a sudden, and he too, when he's in there, he's going up against, well, he didn't play the week before. So he's not going against yeah. Jefferson. He's going against Cup. And Cup took advantage of both uh, Ricks and uh, Goodrich in the slot. So, uh, yeah, that's 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 the want of an NFL defensive back. 
When they put you in, you got to cover a guy who's really good. That's your job is to not get burnt by him. Yeah, that's difficult. You know, we saw Emmanuel Forbes with Washington, who's, you know, whatever, the 15th overall pick in the draft, 16, whatever he was. Um, and they threw him out there against A.J. Brown. And again, that's a that's a first round. That's a high level first round pick. And he just got abused. So when you're facing these top level receivers, it's it's difficult. But that's the job. And everybody's got good receivers now, it seems. I mean, the Jets, I, you know, I love Garrett Wilson. I mean, um, I don't know if they got anybody to get him the ball, but I love his. It, he's difficult to deal with. So. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Um, that's during the Carson Wentz era when Carson was playing well and the Eagles didn't have any receivers. It was mind-boggling because everybody's got receivers now. That's what that's what they're growing at the college level because even back to high school, I talked about it when I saw that kid from Roman Catholic. All they do in the offseason is play seven-on-seven. Seven. So you get all these tremendous receivers um, – yeah, and, and the Eagles couldn't find some for a long time, and they finally cured it with Devontae and then uh, A.J. in back-to-back years. And Quez. Don't forget Quez. Uh, <laughs> I'm not putting Quez in that okay. category. Just just checking. Um, and, oh, by the way, yeah, the Jets wide receivers should not put the fear of God into anybody other than Garrett Wilson. Uh, Alan Lazard has played well. I won't say great, but he's played well. But they also, during this offseason, went out and got McCall Hardman, who they thought was going to be a contributor for them. He's giving them nothing. And when I mean nothing, I mean he has one reception through six games. Damn close to nothing. And uh, from what I heard from a buddy, he's not even a popular guy in the locker room because he's always complaining about he doesn't get the ball enough, but he doesn't get open enough. A receiver complaining about not getting the ball? Yeah. Shocking. Shocking guy who's got one catch for them and they specifically brought in um the uh Aaron Rodgers number one friend and buddy and pal who has done nothing for him at the wide receiver spot either Randall oh, and, and Randall's defense how old is he now I mean oh. he's been around for a while yeah that didn't keep a... him from giving him a couple of million dollars to come in and play because Aaron Rodgers oh, said yeah. so so that's a nice thing when you're old well the and GM if the GM wants or... him the GM uh wants him and uh a rod was the GM there for a while <laughs> at least the assistant GM if not the actual GM and yeah he was making some calls so uh the Eagles defensive secondary should not be overburdened if they can keep Garrett Wilson from catching the football that uh, I don't don't look for the Jets to go out to be piling up yards. Last week against the Rams, yeah, Stafford kind of picked them apart for the first two quarters of that game. A lot of yards through the air and looked like they had no answers for Cooper Cup. I wouldn't be near as afraid of the Jet wide receivers this week coming. I like the Jets tight end. They got they tight ends. They Conklin's, a, tight Conklin's ends. a nice player. He had a big yeah, catch. Con- uh, Uzama's still okay. Uh, he, I think he's the, been playing with injuries, but I think he has been playing. But Ty Conklin made a big catch for them. Maybe, maybe the the biggest play of the game against the uh, Broncos. And there. they got the young kid too. They got three tight ends. Who, if Aaron was there, you, they would look better. But you know, yeah. it's disappointing. It's disappointing. 
That's uh, Mr. Wilson at quarterback. That's why the Eagles are a seven-point favorite. It opened up at six. It went to six and a half. It's now going to seven. It has done nothing but elevate, and I think it'll actually be over seven by the time we get to the game on Sunday. I think he's low, by the way. Yeah, it might be. Uh, he's McMullen on McDonald. You got Mac and Mac here on Birds 365. We got our buddy Mike Gill. Yes. I specifically put on a red shirt today. Not that we don't appreciate Eagle Green. I uh, can't wear green in front of a green screen anyway. So uh, that's never an option for yours truly. Uh, but we're showing a little love for the Phillies today. Uh, Mike Gill's got some red shirt on. We'll find out what red shirt that is. Mike Gill from uh, the Sports Bash down at Shore joins us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Champions on three. One, two, three. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. Soganow helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you at Rafferty Subaru. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac with you here on Birds 365. And we got Mike Gill from down the shore. Uh, the Sports Bash on 97.3 ESPN Radio. Uh, and he's got 
Are you, are you all out hoodie today, or is that a t-shirt? What is? What are you donning there, big guy? Arizona State, man. Oh, Devils baseball. To find you a. Yeah. I went deep into the closet to find you a college I have yet to to uh, nice. wear yet. Arizona State, uh, legendary baseball program. I would. Say. I was out there at the Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, is that when you grabbed the shirt? Well, yeah, but. And the baseball team I coach, we basically uh, use the same color scheme and everything. Oh, I did not know that. We're learning something every day. All right, uh, before we get into all the Eagle conversation with you, how about West Virginia 4-1? and one? Uh, They're actually hanging in the conference race in the Big 12. This is all fo- false hope, Jody. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, they actually play Thursday night, so I'm hoping that, well, the Phillies are going to be a conflict, so I'm going to have to be – Doing a little, uh, you know, checking on the phone and stuff. But by the uh, way, yeah. I'm really upset at Major League Baseball 5:07 start time. Come on, I got to get out of South Philly right at that time. Come on, come on, baseball. Yeah, I don't like the 5:07. I don't like any sport. We can put it to any sport. I don't like any sport, and football doesn't do this generally. But I don't like any sport that plays your most important games at non-important times, like. You play in the regular season in a fixed time almost the entire year. I don't like putting a, a game of optimal importance at a time that is completely out of your routine. Basketball yeah. does it all the time, too. You put a playoff game, you know, in the middle of the afternoon on a Saturday. It's like you don't play Saturday. TV afternoon. rules all. I, I said all the on, time. Both of you guys know why this is the case. It's not TV like rules all. doing but it TV randomly. Wants- they're doing it because they have a very large TV contract and they're going to air those games as most they can without competition from another game. So that's what happens. You get 507 oh, games. I get it. I get it. Yeah. But yeah. In fact, I always tell Jody, I laugh when Sports Business Journal or some of these sports business uh, uh, publications, they always do those lists, top 50 most powerful people in sports. And they'll put like Roger Goodell at number one, you know, maybe the Premier League leader, number two, whatever, whomever that is. It's the TV execs, man. They're the most powerful people in sports. That's the guys who signed the checks. The TV execs are the reason why the Pac-12 has uh, crumbled. Yeah. It's non-existent anymore. Yeah. They get what they want. Yeah. um, Because they they spend the most money. That's how it works, unfortunately. (laughs) But somebody on the other end has to be negotiating that deal. And Roger Goodell has done a good job. Oh, he's powerful. He's just not as powerful as, as the guy's. Signing the checks, those are the most powerful. Um, but I digress. Uh, let's talk about the Eagles, Mike Gill. Um, five again, and oh, man, yeah, five and oh, but you know, there's still a lot of people who think this team isn't five and oh good because the style points aren't there. Where are you on that scale, Mike? Do you need style points? You need them at West Virginia, but you need yeah. them at Philadelphia in the NFL. Right. No, I don't need style points in the NFL. I, I don't, if you went 17-0 and 0 and you won 3 nothing every week, uh, you should feel pretty good. Um, your defense would be excellent in that case. You might have some That's offensive true. issues. Um, yeah, this team is 
one of the things that is underrated about what this team is doing, and I think they did this very well in the 17 season, is they're dominating the time of possession. While they're not scoring 35, 40 points, they don't have that game where they've just kind of lit up the score. Actually, they did. They scored 35 points in one of the games, and it just felt like they didn't score all, all that much. But the type of possession thing is why they have been so dominant, and we saw this against the Rams. This looked like a game that was going to be who has the ball last, and the Eagles yeah. just never gave them the ball back. <laughs> they couldn't get them off the field. They extended drives. The third down was huge. Um, they had a guy with, you know, A.J. Brown had a monster game. Goddard had a huge game. They threw the running ball uh, back to the the ball to the running back six times in the game. Uh, DeAndre Swift, how many times did a running back catch six passes last year? Uh, so the fact that their offense is able to just grind you out, keep you on the field, wear you down, that's going to be a problem for some of these teams. You know, now San Francisco, I mean, look in big picture. San Francisco's got a pretty good defense. Dallas's defense is pretty good, but I think we've seen eh, that, that the Dallas team, I think we're, we're, we're seeing is a step below probably the other two. Um, and then there's really Miami. I don't know that their defense is this ferocious defense. You've got them coming up. The Buffalo defense has lost some parts. Kansas City's not really known for their defense as much as they are. You know, they're they're kind of, you know, an offensive team. So which defense? This Jets defense is pretty good. So which defense on the schedule coming up is going to have the fortitude to go toe-to-toe with you as you're just marching your way up and down the field? Now, eventually you're going to have to put it in the end zone when you get inside the 20s. But I would imagine that will come as this season continues to roll. Well, I'll tell you one defense that is coming at some point, and it's going to be the game of the year, is the 49ers because their defense is pretty damn good. I saw them shut down the Cowboys on Sunday night and give yep. them almost no chance. Um, I, I I need to give credit to another guy who hops on with us. Not as regular as you, Gil, but often enough. Uh, Brandon Lee Gouton. I got these stats from him in his latest uh, posting. Uh, about the Eagles and the red zone. We all agree the red zone, not as good as it has been, could be so far this year. Red zone possessions where DeAndre Swift was on the field. It has resulted in five field goals and six touchdowns. Red I'm zone possessions. He's been on the field that much. Sorry yeah, to interrupt. <laughs> 11, 11 uh, possessions into the red zone, five field goals, six touchdowns. Possessions that have gone into the red zone with Kenny Gainwell as the main man on the field. Four field goals, one touchdown, one turned it over on downs, and two end of games just ran out the clock thereafter. So in uh, possessions where the number one guy has been uh, swift, six touchdowns in 11 tries. When Gainwell has been there, one touchdown in eight tries. John told me all preseason, even up to week one, when Gainwell got all the carries and uh, DeAndre Swift got one, that the Eagles trust Kenny Gainwell, that it's a trust thing, that they want him in the high leverage spots, which would, of course, include the red zone. They overall reevaluated who should be the guy who gets the ball most, rightfully so, after Swift did what he did. So they proved to us they're open to 
changing their mind and reevaluating as they go. Is it time to reevaluate that Kenny Gainwell is a red zone uh, ball carrier for the Eagles? I think the numbers would suggest that. And I think the numbers suggest that when Swift it would be out there, that would be less attention on the others because they've got to put more attention on him. Um, so, yeah, and I think that's one of the things that it will be evolving as the season goes on. You know, we had a good conversation about this yesterday. I was asking Colin Thompson, who played tight end in the league, and I said, when you guys sit in a room, when you're in a meeting, is there a week where the offensive coordinator says, all right, you know, he played in Carolina, Christian McCaffrey, get ready. You're getting 30 touches this week. DJ Moore, we're going to you a lot. He said, well, not necessarily. Everybody just knows their role. You know what your plays are, and you take what the other team gives you. As the game evolves, they're taking DJ Moore out. All right, McCaffrey, get ready. We're going to start going to you more. I think the Eagles right now are doing something similar. The Goddard, they didn't say, let's just throw the ball to Goddard more. He just was the guy they said, you want to throw the ball to Goddard, get him the ball. And I think inside the red zone, you'll probably start to see teams not being able to focus on things so much as the season evolves. We saw it a little bit um, with this week with Hertz. They ran the, the quarterback power draw inside the red zone. I think if they start opening that kind of stuff up a little bit more, that red zone will probably expand a little bit. So I'm not so concerned with their red zone, but you're right. I think having Swift on the field will add another guy that you have to pay attention to, which then when you say, well, what's the defense giving me? They're not giving me Swift. Oh, they're giving me Goddard. So uh, if Swift's on the field, that opens up more options. Uh, by the way, uh, it, and and that's Jody brings up those numbers. You know, Nick Sirianni, I just looked at it yesterday, is 26 and six as a head coach uh, since that two and five start, um, which sources tell me is pretty good. I did. But anyway, um, he does make mistakes. Uh, you know, I spoke uh, all training camp that Kenny Gainwell was going to be the lead back week one. Kenny Gainwell was the lead back. If he doesn't get hurt in that game, he's the lead back in week two. You may never be in this position if he keeps playing at an acceptable level, but, you know, some good, some bad, um, like he played in Foxborough. You might not even know DeAndre Swift has been DeAndre Swift at this point. So sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. But when it comes to the red zone, I got to tell you guys, it's it's to me, it's not about the running back. It's not about the quarterback in the running game. They don't throw the ball enough in the red zone. And everybody has figured it out, and they are playing run first in the red zone. And the Eagles, for whatever reason, don't use their big bodies enough. And I'm talking about A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard. Sometimes you're in the red, it's, it's this closed and you got to go. All right. He's got the big body. He's got the big body, throw it up where, where only the receiver can get it. And the five ten corner can't get it. They don't do that enough. And if you'd start doing that and start having some success, then the running game opens back up. That's what I think the problem. That's what I think the problem. So John, let me ask you a question on that front. Difference in play calling, 
Is that on Brian Johnson? No, they didn't do it last year either, but they were successful last year. They were tremendously successful with the quarterback run game, especially in the red zone. So everybody adapted to that. How many touchdowns did Jalen have last year running the football? It's like 13, 13, 14, whatever. Um, Tremendous success with the quarterback run game. He only had, I think, 22 touchdown passes. Remember, everybody was, Jalen's only got 22 touchdowns. And everybody came into this season and said, all right, they're going to run the ball. Let's, this is condensed. Let's make sure the quarterback doesn't run the football. They're in second and 11, third and 11. They're not getting anything. And then bang, you're, you're behind the eight ball. Um, They don't throw it enough in the red zone. That's. That's what I think's going on. Yeah, now, I mean, you figure that you have AJ Brown, a guy that you yeah. can go go one on one, high point the ball, go get it. Um, you, you feel like you could run something one on one to him almost every single time. Some now they did it plan. once, and I, I I forget where the football was. They did it once in Los Angeles. It didn't work out. They tried back shoulder, and they were on different pages that which is bad. And maybe it's bad because they never do it. And they, they tried to back shoulder. Um, uh, who, I forget, but they, they somebody came blitz and he jumped up and, and Hertz had to throw it a little high and, and AJ Brown dropped it. Well, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that well, was a, that was a clear touchdown. It was a slant one yeah. it might have been against Washington. There's no guarantee, but you open things up. If you're willing to throw the football, you, you open up and that'll help you get back to where you want to be with the with the quarterback run game especially and and john the game the other day and sirianni somebody asked him about this monday i guess about he said it's not about play calling you know it has something more to do with like recognizing and he had watkins was doing laps in the back of the end zone there and he just didn't see him i mean as the season goes on does he see that he's wide open there because no one's paying attention to Watkins with the other yeah. guys on this field. And if he's in the there running a good route, he's in the back of the end zone going like this, and he just doesn't get the throw. Well, yeah, but I I hate to kill quarterbacks. I mean, there's one of my pet peeves is people put film on, and you guys have seen it where, you know, your progressions on the right side of the field, and a receiver's on the other side of the field waving his arms and he's wide open. Well, the defense knows where the progression is. Once you start breaking it generally goes high, low. Uh, and then, you know, if you get to number three, which most modern teams don't even get to number three, but it's usually a, a you know, safety valve pass. So, you know, they're like the quarterback is, is got a, a play in this progression in mind. He's looking that way. Yeah. Now, you know, the quest stuff, when things get off schedule and somebody's wide open, uh, Jalen usually does a re- did it with Alameda. Both of Alameda's big catches in in Tampa were off schedule. Right. You know, he was just running around, making a play, uh, sandlot football. But, yeah, the progression thing's a pet peeve. You can, he's not an owl. He can't turn his head, you know, if the progression's one spot, you, you're not necessarily going to see another spot. And that's every quarterback. That's yeah. not just Jalen Hurts. But anyway. The and um, Jason Avant, I saw him on uh, NBC Sports Philly this morning, break him down some film 
and they showed you play where if you just look at regular speed in the game, looks like Jalen Hurts uh, overthrew Quez Watkins on a crossing route. And Jason broke it down and said, Quez ran the, the, the route short. You're supposed to be able to position yourself in front of the safety, but behind the linebacker. And if Quez had been two yards further downfield where he was supposed to be, it hits him right in the chest rather than above his head. And he's got to go up and make a play. So you have to know what the route and where you're supposed to be on the route before you take the quarterback to task for not being able to get the ball where he's supposed to get it. Uh, all right. So any fear of the Jets quarterback this week? Come on. Zach mm. Wilson. Tremendous arm talent. I was told by many, including my partner. Yeah, he does, by the way. You ever see that guy? He can freaking sling it, man. He does have tremendous arm talent. I stand by that statement. You, you, you need more than arm talent in the national. Oh, that's world. true. And obviously. But Zach, he can Zach throw is, the football. Zach is lacking in a lot of other characteristics that you hey, need to be a very good quarterback. All I'm saying football. is he can throw the football. That's all I'm saying. All right. Um, you, no, you have fear have, that this I is the week that that arm team. talent comes to the, to the to the top. And he picks the Eagles uh, secondary apart. I don't. Do you? Uh, not a Zach Wilson guy. Wasn't out of BYU. Uh, hated the pick for the Jets. Didn't think the kid could play a lick. Um Arm talent, great. Everything else, awful. Uh, Decision-making, confidence, all of it. Yeah, he's got no confidence. He's got no confidence. The team doesn't believe in him. Um, They didn't want him. I mean, realistically, they got Aaron Rodgers, and the team was like, thank God we got rid of that clown. And they (laughs) had to go right back to him, and you see the results. Now, he's gotten – He's gotten a little better, I I guess. Last week he was pretty efficient, but not a lot of yards. They got a great player in Wilson. Uh, I feel bad for that guy. I mean, he's got stuck with with Zach Wilson, and it's not like this Wilson-Wilson thing's working out all that well. Um, Hall is a nice running back. Their offensive line is horrendous, and that doesn't help the poor kid. But, no, uh, this is a, is a, a quarterback where in years past, the Eagles would beat up on a bad quarterback, and you'd say, well, they haven't played a good quarterback yet. This would be one of those weeks. Their defense, though, is a problem. Their defense is very good, especially uh, in the secondary. So this should be an interesting test in terms of – it might not be an aesthetically pleasing game, but I don't think you should be concerned about the quarterback marching up and down the field on you. Um, you know, you think about what the Rams have. Look at the talent they have at wide receiver – and the quarterback is a very, very capable player. And they had problems moving up and down the field eventually. Now, their line's a problem. I think the Jets' line is probably worse. Would we agree? Well, and they lost Elijah Barrett Tucker as well to a torn Achilles. So, yeah, it's not a great offense. I mean, that was one of the issues that people kind of looked at with Aaron Rodgers. You know, was, was the offensive line good enough? But I got to tell you, you know who loves Zach Wilson? The best GM in the NFL. Loved him. Loved him, loved him, loved him. The Jets weren't the only team uh, who thought Zach Wilson can play. Much like you said earlier in the show, John, sometimes it's better be lucky than good. Yes, correct. Well, we've documented many times how many times uh, Roseman has gotten lucky with some decisions, and and I've never been a Roseman. Yeah, that's part of it. I mean, you you, you do have to get lucky at times, and who knows if he gets here with a a, a better situation. That's true. Who knows? That's true. You know, he has had some 
challenged offensive coaching over, mm. uh, you know, Robert Sala, not an offensive guy. They bring in uh, Hackett to run the offense, who was highly criticized for what he did in Denver. I don't know how to read that. Yeah, how's, how's that looking for you, Sean Payton? Yeah, you go right. running your mouth about Hackett and the god-awful coaching job he did. Guess what? Your team's worse under you, pal. You, uh, what, what's your answer now, Sean? How that bad is Hackett's thing, coaching look as compared to what you're doing with that squad? That whole thing to me is the most perplexing story <clears throat> in the NFL is what happened to Russell Wilson and now what happened to Sean Payton. I thought for sure Payton would come in there and clean that mess up, and it's been disastrous. I, 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 they're, they're terrible. Don't get me wrong, but they I, were the I, team that people thought could win the Super Bowl last year. They got Russell Wilson. They had the, they had the best, one of the best defenses. Well, their the whole league. plan, number one, their whole plan with Nathaniel Hackett was to get um, Aaron Rodgers. Okay, they well, they ended up with Russell Wilson. Boo hoo. Well, yeah, but Nathaniel Hackett couldn't run an offense without Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Sean Payton wasn't wrong. About oh, that. that's fine. I'm saying last he probably year they shouldn't had one have of the best defenses. They had one of the best defenses in the league last year. The defense is horrendous now. Yeah, well, that's true. And 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 they've gotten much worse and and moving on from that uh he's in Carolina now. Uh the D the DC down there. Uh, was probably a mistake by Sean Payton. He's never cared that much about defense. He's one of those guys. He's a complete offense. Russell's actually played better this year than last yes, year. Yes. Pretty significantly better. So I don't think he's been the problem. But yeah, they're they're terrible. Uh unbelievable. They, and 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 that's some karma calling out some other coach. Look, he did a bad job. He did a terrible job. There's no sugarcoating Nathaniel Hackett was completely overmatched as a head coach in this league, but there's no reason for Sean Payton to say that. Mind your own business. You you gotta you gotta turn around your own team. And then he loses to him. I mean, yeah. my God. Yeah, yeah. And and he loses to him with Zach Wilson. But here's what I'll say about Zach Wilson. Jody, you can talk about this more. He showed signs against Kansas City. Now I didn't see the Denver game, but they won that game. Um and and maybe it was they were fired up because of the Peyton comments. I don't know what went on, but they haven't looked bad for two weeks now. They haven't, I mean, Kansas City, he had technically outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that game, technically. Yeah. And Pat, that was one of the worst games Patrick Mahomes has had. Now, that has a lot to do with the Jets' defense, which is very talented. Um, but he showed some signs. Is that wrong to say? Uh, overstating it a little bit. Uh, they win this past week for two words, a reason. Brees Hall uh, ran the ball. Right well, yeah, he, he, had throw, so he had a big I'm game. I'm not going to give Zach Wilson any credit for Brees Hall going for a buck 65. And oh, by the way, and that's behind a questionable Jets offensive line. I don't know when Tucker got hurt in the game, uh, but the Jets offensive line hadn't been good just in general this year. Um, this is probably, this is the only reason why I think this game Maybe competitive. Eagles Eagles should win against the Jets. It's gone from six to six and a half to seven points, and I think it may go higher than seven points. This is the best running back the Eagles have faced this year. Uh, five games. There hasn't been a world beater in the backfield of any of their opponents. New England, Minnesota, Tampa, Washington. I, I, probably the kid that, that they faced this past week uh, was the best running back they played. 
Um, any concerns that, yeah, the, the, the Eagles have done a good job at defending the run, but they haven't been all that challenged by the opposition. This is the best running back they're going to play. Should uh, we be worried about the fact that somebody might run the ball against the Eagles? I don't think so. We talked about this, I think, with you, John, yesterday. You know, the Eagles lost Javon Hargrave, who's having a great season in San Francisco. He's got three sacks. We talked about Jalen Carter, three and a half sacks. Hargrave's got three. You lost Hargrave, and his name hasn't been mentioned one time by anybody in the – oh, man, we lost Hargrave. What? That's but that's why yeah, – no. Mike, I, I asked you about the run. Hargrave wasn't great against the run. Losing Hargrave against the run, upgrade, as a matter uh, of fact. Well, yeah. I'm getting – so my point is, no, because the Eagles' offensive front, defensive front, got better against the run. They've got Carter and Davis now. So these teams don't even try to run. The Rams barely didn't even try last week. Uh, so the Eagles are so much better against the run this year than they were last year. We talked about last year. Yeah. Brees Hall would be somebody you would be concerned about because you had more pass rushing guys. Hargrave's a guy who went after the passer, didn't care about the run all that much. This defensive front and the lack of talent on the offensive line from the jets. I think it's just a, a bad matchup. They might try it. They might do what Washington did. We'll run it a lot but not with a lot of success. Now, he might be a little bit more explosive and give them something, but I wouldn't think that uh, that would be something you should be overly concerned with. All right, the clock has started on Nicobe Dean, Mike yeah. Gill. If he is completely healthy, and I've seen Nicobe. He traveled to Los Angeles, by the way. Um, he looks good. He, he doesn't look in any discomfort with the foot. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean he's ready. But if he is ready, and I'm going to, for this exercise, I'm going to say he is ready, do you just insert him back in as the middle linebacker? This is a tough one for me because I like Dean a lot. I thought he was going to be a have a <clears> big <throat> impact on this defense doing a lot of the things that we see Morrow doing. Sacked. Uh, in position anyway for an interception. He should have caught that interception last week. Uh, that's the type of player I thought you were going to get with Dean, that they were going to really try to build stuff and, and use his talents. I don't know that he gets the bulk of the car uh, the, the snaps again. I don't think they just throw him right back out there and you're 100%. But I also, we talked about this, I think, last week with the green dot. Who calls the defenses? How do they handle all that? Is it going to be him and Morrow? Uh, does, does Cunningham get kind of knocked out here? I would say no. I, I don't think they're going to go right. He almost is Kenneth Gainwell in this spot where he's going to get some Ooh. snaps probably, Ooh. but maybe not right away. Oof, that makes Nick Morrow DeAndre Swift. He's played well, man. Nick Morrow's played well. They've used him well, though. I mean, they, they put him in good positions. I think Desai has done a good job of, you know, designing uh, or, or just um, – kind of hiding him and and using him that's why i mean this is this is the ultimate complimentary game i mean he played behind the worst defensive front in football literally the worst in chicago and he's now behind the best literally yeah um it makes you look better uh but he also deserves credit and this is where i also give Brock Purdy credit, my my Brock Purdy credit. Look, every Kyle Kyle Shanahan, I talk about it all the time, gets more out of his quarterbacks than anybody else. 
But Jimmy Garoppolo didn't win to the level of Brock Purdy. So we got to start giving Brock Purdy some credit. Similar to Nick Morrow. Yeah, everybody's better behind this defensive front. So is the Eagles secondary. Um, But they haven't played as well as Nick Morrow. Zach Cunningham or N'Kobe Dean. So at some point, Seth brought this up to me, and I said, you're you're nuts. They're going back to N'Kobe Dean. I'm starting to doubt myself. He's playing too well. I think they were waiting for the bad game, and the bad game hasn't come yet. No. It's, no, it's it a hasn't. tough decision. And he, he, he wasn't as good last week as he was the week no, before. No, but great. Right, you can't get three sacks every week. Right. I mean, but he was good. He was darn good. Um. Yeah, it's a difficult well, I decision. think what gets underrated, too, I mean, he gets the sack, so that pops off the page. What did he do in the other plays? I thought last week you saw 41 around the ball, not to mention, you know, in coverage, he almost gets the interception. I think those plays are almost more impactful. The sack, they're great, but they come from other people helping him out and getting so much attention. I wonder – I just like the way they've been using them. And you're right. You, you can only say, hey, I'm going to ask you to do something. And if he does it incorrectly, you know, if he doesn't have the good intuition of when to blitz or, you know, he doesn't read what's going on in front of him, but this guy's done a good job of making plays. And that's all he can. And, and the other side is he's making plays and he's not the reason why plays are happening. They're not target. You used to see Nate Geary out there and they say, okay, let's go to 47. He stinks. And teams would attack him. Singleton was terrible in coverage. They would go after those guys. Morrow's holding his own in coverage as well. So I think that is something that stands out that doesn't get noticed. Yeah. Well, I will say, coming out of Washington, PFF had him as the seventh best off-ball linebacker in the NFL. Now he's number five. So, so he went up, actually, he went, after he this went past up. week. Damn. He went up. That's, that's pretty impressive. All right, Mike Gill, tell me if this conversation happened. Either... Uh, after all the media was out of the locker room or on the plane on the way home from Los Angeles. Um, I I was a little perturbed with Nick Sirianni when he took a backhanded shot at John McMullen, my buddy, and <laughs> to a lesser extent, you and me, uh, we're not Eagle Beat guys. We're not there every single day. Uh, when someone asked him after the game about Jalen Hurts' running ability, uh, he said, yeah, and what did y'all say? He can't do it anymore? nobody said that coach you just made that up some members of the media asked why is Jalen getting less yards rushing this year I didn't see I I, I went to every article and I never saw anyone go y'all can't y'all said he can't do it anymore so uh I that 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 got under my skin but Nick is on record as saying they did tell Jalen that he needs to pick and choose his spots and they do uh put his health as a premium thing that the Jets have to, the Eagles have to take care of. He ran the ball with reckless abandon this week, like 2020, like it was 2022 again. Um, Do you think there was a conversation afterwards between either he and Brian Johnson or he and Nick Sirianni? And they said, Jalen, we love it. Thank you very much for helping us win the game. But remember what we discussed. You can't be putting yourself at risk. You put yourself at risk a couple times this past week. We, we, I thought we were all on the same page here. This is not right. what we can afford to do with you. Did that conversation take place between one of Jalen's coaches and the Eagles quarterback? 
I wouldn't be surprised that it was almost like Hertz has heard, you know, hey, he doesn't look the same and he's not running as much and he's sliding. And he doesn't want to. And he was like, I'm sick of hearing this. I'm just doing it. And I'll yeah. take the repercussions later. Um, sure. I'm sure they they've hammered it home on him is, hey, you got to make sure we get you through this season. We can't get you hurt. And maybe he just was, you know, we all have that moment. I'm going to show these got people I could still do this uh, because there were a lot of times in that game. We were watching it and said, they haven't done that all season, or he hasn't run like that. There's a lot of times where, um, man, there was numerous plays where he lowered, got the extra yards, where earlier this year he was just kind of sliding into second base and living to fight another play. Not so much as on Sunday. What do you have? Double-digit carries in the game. He had he led the team in rushing. Yep. You know, that was something, and I talked about this on my show. I said, you know, DeAndre Swift, second in the league in, in, in yardage, he didn't beat Hertz the other day because Hertz played a game that was reminiscent running the ball that we saw a year ago. But yes, Jody, I'm pretty sure they probably said, not every week can you do that, man. Okay, last week we got away with it, but you can't do it. Agreed. Yeah, I, I think a change is this week because the, the the Jets are really talented. I, I think it had more to honestly, and the Eagles say this, so, you know. People get mad at me, but it, it truly is dependent on opponent. I mean, the Rams have terrible linebackers, terrible, and they play terribly. And all of a sudden, you go in to face the Jets, and they have uh, really good linebackers and um, really good linebackers, arguably um, certainly top five, I would say, group in the league. Um, and if you go back to New England and Minnesota – and everybody had a spy in Tampa Bay and how good they are. And everybody was spying Jalen Hurts. Uh, they weren't doing that. I think it was just like, oh, they're dumb. Let's just do that. I, I think it really comes down to that. And this week, I would be surprised if we didn't get back to the spy because the Jets have players who can do that. And I don't think the Rams do. So, And this is where I give the Eagles coaches credit. I think they take advantage of, and, and they've done that. And that's the most impressive part of the staff to me. They say, all right, this team can't do this. Um, let's take advantage of it. This week, I think it's going to be back to where we were. And we're going to have that pendulum with the, why isn't Jalen Hurts running? Well, because uh, Demario Davis is out there. And Quincy, uh, sorry, Saints, I'm going back to Jets. Uh, uh, Quentin Williams' brother. What's what's he's having a great year? Quincy, Quincy's having a great year. Um, and Mosley, they got two and, very and, good and CJ Mosley. Very good. Uh, is a very good player. Um, it, it it yeah. I mean, I think we're going to get the pendulum, and it's going to be the exact opposite. Why he ran last week? Yeah, it's Rosen Boom, and uh, their their linebackers are awful. That's yeah, why he good. ran. Their defense has a lot of young guys playing out, playing new positions over there. Um, but the two week, worst yeah. players, I, I'll, I'll put, the two worst players graded by PFF were Christian Roseboom, the weak side linebacker, the guy in the, the and Michael Hecht, their other linebacker, the two worst players on the field. Jeez, I well, mean that's that's why. This is the uh, – I'm going to give you this week my player prop would be DeAndre Swift. Whatever uh, – not Swift, uh, Devontae Smith. Whatever his over is, I'm taking the over. At both uh, targets, yards. That's a good one. That's a good one. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because the Eagles are going to be cognizant of getting him the football. And they were with Dallas Goddard when he got zero catches week number one. And they threw it to him seven times the week thereafter. He made six catches, but he only got 22 yards. This week, they threw it to him plenty, and he caught the ball down the field, and he was able to make plays and get yards after catch. New design, do you think, Mike? Do you think they just said, all right, we we, 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 we were smart enough to throw it to Dallas. Now we just need to get Dallas in a better position to, ma- to make plays and get yards thereafter. Do you think they changed the I, way? I, will, they- I would imagine – you're going to see a lot of Sauce Gardner and AJ Brown. I think that's going to be a fun matchup on that side. And 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 look, um, by the way, I've had the Sauce Sauce. It's pretty darn good, actually. Uh, they sent me some Sauce Sauce. Uh, it's it's very good. He's got his own barbecue sauce. Gardner nice. does. Um, so I would imagine you're not going to want to try to go after him throughout the course of the game a whole heck of a lot, which would open things up for Smith. I would imagine. Um, I'm just, you know, Wednesday morning quarterback in here thinking that Sauce Gardner and would get A.J. Brown. He might be matched up on Smith from time to time, but I would think that you're not going after Sauce Gardner, and Smith will probably be the guy that benefits from that. Um, no, I wouldn't say, uh, you know, that A.J. Brown's just going to be completely neutralized in the game, but I think Smith will have a big game just because of the matchup there. You're not going to just not throw the ball because of Sauce Gardner, um, who, um, you know, I think this, but the Jets secondary is pretty good. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. General, not it's it's not just him. They got very good safety players. Their whole so. defense is yeah. freaking good. Uh, Quinn and Williams yeah, they is got, great. They got a, a major question mark this week in the secondary. DJ Reed did not play last week. Now, uh, DJ, the, DJ still hurt. Yeah, uh, he's he's questionable for this upcoming week. Uh, they they have not made a statement. There's been no jet injury release even estimation yet because like the Eagles they haven't practiced yet. But yep. he did not play last week, uh, and he's the 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 pair of those cornerbacks in New York is absolutely comparable to the two here in Philadelphia. But I yeah. definitely, I think Smith would be the guy. But I also think that the Jets, one area you can probably, you know, the Eagles can run the ball a little bit on this team. I would imagine you take some shots there. The kid uh, last week from Denver, now he caught the ball a little bit. McLaughlin, was that his name? Uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. He, he caught the ball a little bit, but they ran the ball with some, with a little bit of success last week. At Mike Gill's show, follow Mike on X. Twitter, whatever you want to call it, uh, ESPN South Jersey, the Sports Bash, 2 to 6. By the way, I'll do some uh, business on air, Mike. I'm going to be walking off the field, so I'll probably be there at like 3.05, 3.05-ish. Uh, and I got to beat that Philly strap. Got to get in the car. Got to get out of there. So you can listen to me on the Sports Bash later. Um, last one from me. Um it, it defensively, um, this is a respite game, probably. We talked a little bit about Zach Wilson, but my biggest concern with this Eagles team is 
right up the middle on defense, uh, in the passing game, uh, specifically. Um, and Miami's on the horizon. You hate to look ahead, but um, your concern with the middle of the field on the defense. So we're talking about slot corner, linebacker, safeties in the passing game. Is it good enough, or does the defensive line have to do it every week? Well, that's the problem. Yeah, I was going to say, it's good enough when the defensive line does their job. They weren't good yeah. enough in the first half last week. They were good enough in the second half. Well, what happened? The the second half, they turned up the pressure. They got two sacks from Reddick late in the game. You got some hits and pressures from Carter in the middle of the game. When they get the – the whole thing is it, – it's one of those things where the whole, the whole defense is predicated on them getting pressure because they know their limitations at the other areas of the field. So if you tell me – we saw this in the in the Washington game. The pass rush wasn't good enough. So guess what? Neither was the secondary or uh, the linebackers. And, and they went up and down the field all day long. You know, I thought what Washington, what's underrated with Washington, is they had multiple. And we talk about this all the time. The Eagles defense is predicated on you're going to have to go on 9, 10, 11, 12 play drives. And... Those drives are going to have to end up with six. A lot of times the Eagles give up these 9, 10, 11, 12 play drives that you suck up three, four, five, six minutes, and you only end up with three points. Well, Washington was able to convert those long drives into six points, and that's why they were in that game. The Rams, they could not get those long drives going. They had just, you know, bad throw here, penalty there, something happens here. But no, to answer your question, the Eagles linebackers in the middle of the field, not good enough in coverage, but it gets masked when they're good enough in the pass rush. And a week like this against the Jets, you would hope that their pass rush wins that battle again. All right. So we're all leaning toward the Eagles getting to 6-0 and with a win over the Jets on Sunday. The real question is, can the Mountaineers get to 5-1? and it's a tough in one, Houston, man. Dana Holgerson, Thursday you night. Got the old uh, the old ball coach is back. Uh, Dana Holgerson, the Houston Cougars this week Thursday night. You know, it's funny because my girlfriend went to ECU and they also play on Thursday night. So we got a third TV in the mix uh, for this. But uh, oh, ECU, they seem to always play on Thursday night. I think I feel like Eastern Carolina gets a lot of Thursday night games. Well, you got that AAC contract, so uh, they throw those. Oh yeah, yeah, Carolina Temple, Temple yeah, that coupon. I, I I don't like the coach. Um, they're winning right now, kind of in spite. But where's ECU? Greenville, Greenville, North Carolina. Yep, I was yeah. just there a couple uh, two two years ago. I went down there. Nice. Did you go down there? Actually, we're going to see ECU play at Navy. If you ever been to a game at the Naval Academy, oh, Annapolis. There. Yep, we're going there next month. Meeting up with my guy Colin Thompson. Yeah, Colin lives down there now. Yeah, yep. that is a as long as he doesn't get signed. If he yeah. gets signed, I won't be seeing him. But You're out. Yeah. You're out. You're going to have to go get a T-shirt on your own. Mike Gill, always a pleasure, buddy. Thank you very much for hopping out with us today. You got it. Thanks, Mike. You. Catch him down the shore on 97.3 uh, ESPN Radio. His show is the Sports Bash, which will have John McMullen on it later this afternoon. So you can catch Johnny Mac again in case you didn't get enough of him today. Yeah. Uh, you got another hour. I'm of also on Damo's podcast. So you know oh, you're gonna be you're getting too much. I'm 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 overexposed, Jeff. <laughs> and uh, I don't think any of us really want to think about John McMullen nah, being overexposed. Come on, come on. don't go down that that. Yeah. McMullen, McDonald, Mac and Mac. Dark we turn. got 
Chris Franklin yet to come from NJ.com. So stay right here on Birds 365. If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. 267-261-3428. My name is Dr. Bruce Grossinger. And I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Mac here with you on Birds 365. Like I said uh, before we went to break, uh, Chris Franklin's going to join us coming up in only about 10 or 12 minutes from now. All right, John, one thing I do get out here uh, a lot on Wednesdays here during the season on Birds 365 and uh, always need to qualify before I ever get into it. Power ratings don't mean much. <laughs> They're fun for conversation. They're fun for debate. But the standings are the only thing that matters in the National Football League. This isn't college football where a group is going to vote who's going to get a chance to play for a championship. They have standings and tiebreakers, and that decides it. So how someone sees or views or ranks is fun for conversation, but it really doesn't have any any power behind it. 
uh, Tuesday is uh, power ranking day. So any outlet, uh, SI like you or CBS or uh, NBC or uh, Pro Football Folk, anybody, they all have their power rankings. And they come out on Tuesday because you got to wait till the two teams play on Monday night. Uh, so they didn't come out till after you and I were off the air yesterday. And the Eagles are almost universally second in power rankings around the National Football League. That most of these media outlets have San Francisco number one and Eagles number two. And sorry, even if you're a blatant Eagle fan, you got to agree that that's the case. San Francisco has been better getting to 5-0 and than the Eagles have been better getting to 5-0. and But at least all these media outlets have the top two as the top two. And they've got the two undefeated teams, one, two, and it's San Francisco and Philadelphia. And more power to them. And then there is the ESPN Power Index, which is supposedly done by computers and simulation. <laughs> that's your favorite. Uh, it's my favorite power index. ESPN. It turns up with bad results all the time. It did all last year and had the Dallas Cowboys up as the top tip. Why? Nobody knows. Or second behind kids. And they kept overrating the Cowboys. And as Eagle reporters, fans, whatever else, we, we just love to eat up when the Cowboys are uh, overrated. And they were again this year. But this isn't even an individual. This isn't a group. This is supposed to be a friggin' machine. This yeah. is supposed to be a computer. What is it we get uh, that uh, Xander always tells me? Hit, tell him to hit the like button to approve our what again? Algorithm. Algorithm. Yeah. This is supposed to be algorithm driven. Yeah. And somehow they continue to overrate the uh, Dallas Cowboys. I assume. The Eagles. I assume. I, I, now, I don't look at the ESPN football power index, so I, I assume the Eagles did not get a year. I assume the Eagles did not get a good ranking. That would be correct. Of, and I assume someone other than San Francisco would be number one. That would be correct. So I'm trying to guess who who's playing well, but not... Um, and I'm going to go with Detroit. Nope. As a matter uh, of fact, I think they underrate Detroit. Uh, can I, is it a, is it a one loss team or a two loss? I know it's not Miami. Um, so I'm guessing it's a two loss team. It can't be Dallas. No, um, but Dallas is right ahead of the Eagles. They're not number one, but they're, they're ahead of the number. Eagles still. Oh yeah, oh yeah, um, Dallas still ahead of the Eagles. I'm gonna go Baltimore or Buffalo. It is one of those two. <laughs> uh, uh, they they got the Bills as the number. Well, one. I guess and they've the had the Bills as the number one yeah. team for a the Bills while are better now. Offensively, yeah. and they didn't knock them off their perch with the loss against the Jaguars in uh, right. London. Right. So Bills are number one. San Francisco is number two. Chiefs are number three. Dolphins are number four. At three and two after a beatdown, the Dallas Cowboys are still number five. The Baltimore Ravens are number six. And at number seven, despite their 5-0 and record, is the Philadelphia Eagles. They've got the Eagles. Yeah. Well, you know. The you algorithm know has the Eagles as the seven best team at 5-0 and 
in the NFL at this juncture? You know, you know, uh, uh, PFF has him at number six. Um, and, you know, and the, they have their thirteen categories and compile them all, and they're number six. So I think that plays into the fact of they're not playing up to their standard, which most fans agree to. So you know, if it fuels them, um, it fuels them. But yeah, I mean, the two best teams are San Francisco and Philadelphia. You can pick the order. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, they're the two best teams, um, and you can make an argument for both. And really, how would you argue the Eagles added forty nine ers? Because they have a better quarterback, they have a better offensive line, they have a better defensive line. That's why if they were playing today or tomorrow. As long as everybody's healthy, they they they're. I would pick the Eagles because they they have the better fronts, offensive line, defensive front, and they have a better quarterback. So I'm I would pick the Eagles. Now, if the games in San Francisco would be more difficult, obviously, if the games in Philadelphia, right, if, if you're hard. comparing it to them at this point, you just put it at a neutral site game. You wouldn't put it at either. San yeah, a neutral side, I pick the Eagles because of that reason. They, I, I, I believe the Eagles build the right way, and I believe, you know, they win every game because of their but offensive line. Should you rank them by defense. philosophy, or should you rank them by what they've achieved so far in the first? Well, they they're five and zero. Oh, they haven't lost. They, they they've certainly achieved. Well, as is San Francisco, so you yeah. have to come up with something other than five and zero oh to compare one to the other. Well, I'm comparing what the Eagles have a better. Do you agree the Eagles have a better offensive line? No, the Eagles have the best offensive line in football, yes. But do you, but do not, you agree the Eagles have a better difference. defensive front? Close, very close. The only team that's even close is is San Francisco. Um because of Jalen Carter, yeah, I might say the and Eagles the depth? Have slightly better at best. Um do you think the Eagles have the better quarterback? And you're a big prop Brock Purdy guy, but I'm assuming you're not going to lap them yet. Through five games, Brock Purdy has been better than Jalen Hurts. All right. So that we differ there, but he, uh, yeah, I still think there's more to prove for Brock Purdy than there is to Jalen Hurts, but other people think differently. They think Jalen Hurts isn't a star. I can't reason with those people. He Jalen Hurts is what but 22 and what are we 22 and 1 21 and 1 but who are we comparing them to uh what do you mean Birdie, who's undefeated well he's not games. undefeated he played he started one game didn't finish it and they lost Man, that well, game but you, you you continue to say the one and one for Jalen Hurts well, in the two, because he lost. Well, the Super Bowl. I mean, if you so if, if we're if hey, we're going to count Purdy's loss in the playoffs last year, then you got to count Jalen's loss in the Super Bowl. Too, hey, right? God, Godspeed! If you want to go down on that ship and say Brock Purdy's better than Jalen Hurts, I said I'll, I'll repeat it for you, John, and I'll go slow. To this point, Brock Purdy has been better through the first five games of the season than Jalen Hurts. That's what I said. Well, yeah, but you're you're saying why did I pick the Eagles? I'm giving you my reasons. They have a better offensive line, which we agree with. They have a better defensive front, which we agree with. Although you're closer than I am, think they're closer than I do, and I think they have a better quarterback. And you think they don't, at least to this point this season. Is that correctly? Am right, I right? Because that's what we're basing if we're talking about how you should be ranked at this stage this season. What you've done in previous seasons. 
kind of gets pushed to the side. It's what you've done. You're 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 evaluating what they've done through five games. This well, I just so. rather have one guy than the other in a big situation. So if the game was, if the if the NFC Championship game was tomorrow, and you gave me the choice, I'd rather have Jalen Hurts to win that game. That's where I am. Now that's the whole encompassing everything, right? And if if you would rather have Brock Purdy, that understands why you would rather pick San Francisco. But you asked me, why would I pick the Eagles? Offensive line, defensive front, quarterback. That's why I would pick the Eagles. How about That's linebacker? why I would pick the Eagles. I, 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 the 49ers are better linebackers. I just think the offensive front, the defensive front is more important. The Eagles win every game. Every single game they win is because of one of those three things. The offensive line, the defensive front, or the quarterback. Every single game they win can be traced to one of those three components. And this Under, week it was the defensive front. You can say the same thing about the 49ers. Uh, Brock Purdy, who's been very good and is a legitimate MVP candidate, and Christian McCaffrey and their own defensive line, although not quite as good as the Eagles, their defensive line, they might be the two best defensive lines in all of football. So it isn't like the 49ers are struggling in those key areas as well. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is one of the best running backs I've ever seen. Aaron Donald's one of the best five defensive players who ever lived. Everybody's got good players. Everybody's got advantages at certain spots over the Eagles. I love Debo Samuel. I love Brandon Ayuk. I picked the 49ers to go to the Super Bowl last year. I love Kyle Shanahan. I love everything about the 49ers. But if you're asking me who the better football team is, I think it's the Eagles for those three reasons. Right. And for those three, I think it's more important to have that offensive line. And by the way, Sue Opet is in there now instead of Cam Jurgens. You know, if there's another injury, it changes. My my thought process will change, most likely. If they lose Jalen Carter, if they lose Hassan Reddick, my thought process is probably going to change. But right now, if they're healthy, that offensive line, I, I say it all the time, and that defensive front is they wear people down. They wear I thought they were in trouble at halftime this game. I thought they were in trouble because of their secondary. I thought they were in deep trouble. And the defensive front just said, you know what? All right, we're going to take over this game. And uh, again, I just asked you a question. You responded the way you responded. Um, I was trying to keep it in the context of how you would rate them at this time. I think that you need to look at what's transpired in the five games. You seem to be looking more at how you evaluate the overall talent on the roster as per what they've done in their entire uh, Yeah, but I, I, I don't care about it's the style points question. I don't care about style points. The Eagles, so the Eagles what would the Eagles have to do to not be the number one power ranked team in your eyes? Lose. Okay. Uh, you know, if they lose to the Jets, obviously they're not as good as I thought they were, but I don't think they're losing to the Jets. So um, if I'm comprehending the way that you did it, and I, it's why you do it any way you want. Record first, how good you, a roster you think it is second. And the only way you move off who's got the best roster is if you actually have a loss. 
well, or injuries or things of that nature, and you lose good players, anything can happen. But right now, they still have the best offensive line. They still have the best defensive front. Um, they still have a very good quarterback. Um, and those are are the three key ingredients of why this team has won so many games, whatever it is, 21 and 1, 22, 23, whatever it is, uh, 26 and 6. Um, yeah, those are the key ingredients. I mean, this team, and I, I said it yesterday on the show, this team is incredibly boring to me because they're like a freaking machine. Um, and they just wear teams down. And hey, San Francisco's up now. That's a different discussion. San Francisco's had more style points, so I get why people put them ahead of the Eagles. I'm saying, in my estimation, hey, they play each other. What happened last year? They right. couldn't block the Eagles. If it's if they're both five and oh, then you're going to revert to who do I think's got the better roster. If uh, up until one of the two of them lose a game. Well, it's not uh, even that. There's different, because as I said, do the 49ers have a, a better running back? Of course. Do the 49ers have better linebackers? Of course. It's not even close. But I'd rather have the better defensive front. I I, I think the Eagles, sec- I think the Eagles are an abject mess in the middle of the field in pass coverage right now. An abject mess and nobody can take advantage of it because they got to get the stinking football out in 2.2 seconds. Chris Franklin's in the, he'll tell you, Cooper Cup was open by five yards, but Matthew Stafford couldn't get him the stinking ball because he doesn't have time to get him the ball. In the second half. He did in the first half. Yeah. Uh, but the Eagles tighten things up in the second half. Yes, Chris Franklin indoors again today. Chris Franklin going to be joining us uh, from NJ.com. He's next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Staffing is not easy, but that's what we do every day, all day. 
The key to our success is storytelling, asking the right questions to find the right people. Hi, I'm Gary Kane, president of Kane Partners. We want to be your staffing partner. Since 1977, it's always been about you, the community, at Rafferty Subaru. And through the Subaru Love Promise, we prove we care by supporting charities like So Good Now. So Good Now helps kids in under-resourced areas by connecting them with student-athletes to serve as mentors. We remove barriers so athletes can help youth in the corners of our communities where light and love are needed most. When you choose Rafferty Subaru, you help organizations like So Good Now. It's all about you. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. You got Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. We got our guy, Chris Franklin. Who's got some kind of a funky T-shirt on today that he's going to have to explain? What the hell are you wearing? Just a random T-shirt I've had for like five, six years. I can't All let right. go. That's about it. <laughs> I wish I had a funny story behind it, but I was like, eh, nah. <laughs> is, is that a cowboy star on it? What? what no, is- it's not a cowboy star. It's just like, like a like nautical a star looking star thing. Me, Chris. I, you I trying to get me killed? This is a four-word <laughs> choice on your part today. A shirt with a Dallas cowboy star on it? Really? I like to issue a formal statement saying uh, this is not a cowboy star. Uh, I'm looking toward the North Star, <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, it's definitely not a cowboy star. No, nah, man, <laughs> I don't have a. I'm, I'm not that dumb. Yeah, uh, <laughs> by the way, that brings up an interesting. I I forgot to mention this on the show. Some knucklehead Eagles fan got in the locker room uh, out oh, yeah. in Los Angeles. <laughs> I just walked in with. Uh, you know, he's just sitting next. I don't know how he got down on the service level. He had a Jalen Hurts jersey on, and he just mixed himself in with reporters and walked into the locker room. Nobody stopped him, and he started talking to A.J. Brown. So I think A.J. figured out, who the hell's this guy, and finally got security. Yeah, that, that brought that up. You can't wear uh, NFL team clothing, although this guy could. He got in the locker room. Pretty amazing. I, I'm mad I didn't see him because I'm because I was on the other side. Everybody's like, "No, oh, what's this guy do? What's this guy doing?" I thought it was like, and then by the time I had they kicked him out, I was like, "What the hell is going on? Is that the first time that's happened?" So I've been on his beat. There's been a couple other times we've seen people. No, just, there was a drunk down. guy at Doug Peterson's. Peterson, yep, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that guy was fun. <laughs> yeah, that was an interesting. Oh, memories. Anyways, oh. Yeah, that's why I was thinking about team apparel. Uh, and he walked right in with a Jalen Hurts jersey. I don't know if they thought he was Jalen Hurts. <laughs> he couldn't throw a run like him. I know that for sure. I finally saw the, somebody showed a picture. He damn sure wasn't him. I know that for <laughs> like, well, was him. <laughs> All right, Chris Franklin, situational question for you. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I enjoy doing these. Most people hate it when I do it. Uh, the guys on the stream hate when I do it too, but I do it with a purpose. Um, Eagles win the toss, defer, shockingly. Uh, and the Jets get a couple of first downs. Brees Hall breaks off a big run. They got to settle for a field goal. Eagles are down 3 nothing. But they get the ball, and they start moving it against the Jet defense. Even though the Jet defense is good, 
and they get into the red zone. Down three nothing, four or five minutes to go in the first quarter. Who's the running back if the Eagles have it first and ten at the eighteen yard line? First and ten at the eighteen yard line. Which which way am I going in? Am I yeah, going into the window? Yeah, you're going in for a touchdown. You've moved it down the field. Oh, oh. You've moved into the red zone. First and ten from the eighteen. What running back is on the field for the Eagles? I'm going to go Gainwell because I'm going to take a shot first. Because I'm going to go depend. And the reason I was asking which end of the stadium I want to go into. If I'm going to the end that's it's known for swirling a little bit more. It's it's bad in the wind no matter what. But if I'm going to end swirling a little more, then I'll probably go swift so I can hammer it down. If I'm going to the opposite side, I'm going Gainwell because I want him to be the outlet just in case. I'm going to give him a rest and use him probably beforehand to get him be the outlet. I'm going to take a shot to AJ Brown or or uh, Dallas Goddard on a crossing route depending on these these covers they have back, whether it's cover three or cover two, depending. On. That's where I'm going. The reason yeah, I like... have is the, the Eagles have <laughs> the red zone. And, oh, by the way, that's most of the time when Gainwell's on the field. They've been much better at it when <clears throat> Swift is on the field, but you're still sticking with Gainwell because you trust him? Because I, 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 I want to take a shot. I, I want to end it. I want to take a shot. Even though the Jets' defense, I think you can run on them a lot. I think there's a, a good shot that they can do that. And, and, and now, control well, the ground game. Shot in there. Chris's scenario, if you're taking a shot, I think you should have Kenny. He's the best of a bad lot when it comes to pass protection. So he's the yes. only guy who seems to get uh, a body on somebody occasionally. <laughs> but, um, well, so so I you're think doing he, it for pass protection purposes? Pass, well, yep. you're taking a shot. He said he's taking a I'm shot. Taking a shot. Taking a shot, especially first, because I think I, I can still pick it up on the ground. I think I can pick up five or six on second down. If I'm taking a shot and I'm throwing the football, like Kenny's not good at it, but he's just been much better than the other guys. More reliable, yeah. He's, he's a little bit more reliable on that, but uh, and you can still use him as an outlet if you need to as well to, if everything's covered up. So yeah. that's, the, that's the way I go. I take a shot. I take a shot depending on the side they're going into. Now, uh, I'll take you down a different route, Chris. Um, as we were discussing, this team five and zero, oh, but not getting many style points. Everybody thinks they don't do this. They're bad in the red zone. Uh, they can't cut in the middle of the field defensively. Down the, down the middle of the field. field. What What's your biggest concern with this team? I mean, it really is the red zone because I look at this when you're going into that game, say against the 49ers, when you go into a few weeks, when you go against the Miami Dolphins. You're going to need to score. You're going to need to score touchdowns. You can't settle for field goals, man. I mean, even though Jake Elliott's been reliable, that's a game. Those are games you don't want to see him on the field unless he's coming on for extra points. And the fact they haven't consistently scored touchdowns in those areas and have relied on it is it, it, is concerning to me still. And I don't know what you do. I don't know if you try to throw it more to your bigger guys. Maybe you go. Yeah, three tight end more. I mean, maybe use use Albert O. Some he's on a roster sometimes. Maybe bring him up to try to use him for his receiving ability down there. I don't know. Like you got you got to you got to fix that thing. And if I'm hurt, I'm I'm trying to anticipate a little bit more and, and try to throw into those tighter windows, which he's shown he has the ability to do. But it just seems like he does, he wants to protect the ball more and keep with the points. But those games, those big games, you need to take chances, and I'd rather. Now, here's here, you bring up a good point with that statement because here's why I'm more concerned about the middle of the field on defense than the red zone. They have no stinking sense of urgency in these games. If they have urgency, 
things might change against my, in other words, if you're in a shootout, you got to score, you got to take chances. As you mentioned, they'll take chances and maybe it turns into a AJ Brown touchdown, Dallas got her touchdown. They've been kind of just, eh, we're all right. We lap the Rams. Let's just run out the clock. Let's, let's keep the ball on the ground. Let's get out of here. Um, They've done that a couple times. Tampa Bay, they dominated the game. Minnesota, they were up 20. Now they, they gave up too much in the middle of the field. But they haven't really had that. Other than New England, there was a little bit of urgency. Um, well, you got to give it to them, John, and some of us uh, second-guess them for it. Sense of urgency. Uh, Jalen Hurts threw the ball to A.J. Brown rather than just running out the clock. And sure enough, Washington goes back down the field and ties it up. And if the yeah. coach had nerve enough, they could have lost it with a two-point conversion. Yeah. That was yeah. urgency. Yeah, that was urgency. So they had uh, urgency against Washington. And they did take the shot, though. They took the shot. And some people yelled at them for yeah. taking the shot. So you can't win uh, if you're losing. But consistently bad has been, I think, at least since Avante left which was very early, so we didn't even really get a feel for it. Middle of the field is a mess in the pass game. It's a mess, but I don't think is I don't think many people realize how bad it is because the front is so good, none of these quarterbacks have time to throw. There were two instances in the second half yesterday, Chris, uh, not yesterday, in Los Angeles, Cooper Cup was open down the field pretty significantly. And the one time Stafford threw it over the wrong shoulder, and the other time he wasn't even close. And he's a pretty accurate quarterback. He just didn't feel comfortable. He didn't have time to get him the football. And I think if he did, and people go, oof, what's what's where's where's the coverage on Cooper Cup down the field? I'm really concerned about that. If anybody could ever block this front, which I don't know if they can. I don't think I don't think it's going to be tough for a lot of teams to do it. I thought they should have done it more often because I thought Stafford had a he had a hip injury and he's not the most mobile guy to begin with. I just thought they should have hit him more. But when you get to your point, uh, secondary, I thought yeah, I mean until uh until they start to use Bradley Roby a little bit more, and then you saw the impact he started to have, but you couldn't do that because he wasn't like in true true game shape because he's been just basically off the street a week ago, and then you try to slay on the inside as well too. That's too. But when they were trying to mix. They were, when they were trying to mix different guys to go against, especially in the slot as well, too, that I thought that was – I questioned that a little bit because you can't get a little consistency in space. And I think Ricks is more of an outside guy instead of a slot guy. I thought there's some is, there's issues there. And you can't rely on cup being covered by a linebacker, which if you pick the right zone, right coverage, you can do that. So there are some schematic things that I think you question more. I think you with that defensive line, you better – you should expect to only give a quarterback only three seconds to throw and rely on a short game, which to me, if that's the case, then you've got to involve your safeties and bring them up because they're helping that coverage that short. Because if you get beat, so so, so be it. You get beat deep, deep, so be it. But there's, I think there's some, there's still aren't working out a lot of those kinks in, in, in the back and in the secondary when it comes to coverage short. Chris, you said number one concern was the red zone. John said middle of the field. I think they're both legit concerns not panic on either one but legit concerns on both ends is part of the red zone problem that because the field is shrunk the threat that is the speed that is quez watkins is no longer a factor 
because that's if true. you don't have Quez running, he can run a 4-240, but it's going to take him out of the back of the end zone, and that doesn't do you any good. So is the fact that the field is shrunk and Quez's, the Quez effect doesn't play as well in the red zone is why they're struggling. I I don't foresee it that much. I don't think it, I don't think the Quez I'll, I'll, I'll use that now. I don't think the Quez effect is a factor in that section there. I understand what the heavily in the because I see how he works. Like when you, you see those routes where they run the running back all to the side, just stand out there for spacing. He does it vertically, and and he that that's that's the role he plays on there. I just think a is, I think it's mostly it's a combination of play calling and, and the way that the uh, when they have the opportunities they're messing them. It, is, it got predictable to a point for most of the early on in the season where it's like, it's first down. Oh, we know it's going to be a run here, especially when you get to the deeper end zone. It's going to be, or inside the 10. Oh, well, we know it's going to be a run here. Okay. And then the second down becomes the real true guessing one. I, I want to see a little bit more, I want to see more, a little bit more creativity as well, too. Maybe, I mean, I hate to invoke flashbacks of what happened when Andy Reid was here, but shovel passes or something like that, something that throws, we haven't seen this offense do. To throw teams off to at least get a spark or jump start something here because yeah, there's there's so yeah, many routes you can go. This is a this you, issue you, right now. Come on, Jody, you can't stretch the field in the red zone. That's about <laughs> big bodies. That's about big bodies. But you but, know, Nick yet, brings up the but point. Yet Quez stays in there. Not necessarily. They play some 12 personnel occasionally. 12 or 13. But, yeah. you know, they go empty. Yeah, they, we, we, we all know they're playing less 12 and 13 this year than they did last year, right? Well, Quez uh, um, and Kenny Gainwell, by the way, and DeAndre Swift, as, as Chris brings up, you know, the Eagles run more empty sets than, I'm not saying any, but certainly top five. They, they run empty sets all the time. Empty it's all about red. What empty no in the red zone? No, I'm saying we but talking I'm talking about the red zone. Yeah, but while I'm addressing your point of stretching the field in the red zone, it's not possible. But when the Eagles use spacing, as Chris pointed out with the running backs, what the running backs not out there to catch the ball when they're empty. They're trying to create spacing for AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, and Dallas Goddard. Who's the best fourth receiver in football? Does anybody know? I don't know. And I pay attention to this league. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's a good one somewhere. But in essence, that's what Quez Watkins is on this team. Why so much hate and vitriol for Quez Watkins, Chris Franklin? Do you think amongst this fan base? I think he's more of a three. I know I know Zacchaeus has really has been in some big no, spots John, and those John's put him behind Goddard. Yeah, when he's saying, oh, got it. Okay, all right, cool. All right, got purposes. He's no. Oh, gotcha. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Uh, when it comes, I think when you, I think it's still a lingering effect of what he did in his previous seasons when it comes to those deep shots, the deep as he dropped. I think that still lingers over, and you're still wondering when's this guy going to make an impact play? We, we keep hearing about the speed, keep hearing about the speed. I think that play. I think what he's done beforehand has lingered into it, and then that play. It, it, that, that, that the screenplay that there's there's no excuse for that he has to that's a first down that's any of us I would, I, I, i'm blaming brian johnson for that why is why is quez put in that situation oh no i i think i don't blame, i don't have a problem with the play call i think it was just the, the way they were when you have one guy going this way one guy going this way i'm not going let me run to the guy where a guy's blocking towards i'm running right between it it's like it was a good crease right there for him to run I, through by the way down. 
uh, uh, full disclosure, I always have a problem with the bubble screen. Oh, wait. Oh, no. Get it out of the office. <laughs> no, yeah, it's hold just... Hold on. Time out, Philadelphia. Let me ask you guys this, because somebody brought this up on my show last night. On the, I choose this word carefully, aborted uh, bubble screen to Quez, the aforementioned Quez, in the game against LA. Was that his fault, or was that Smith's fault? For the block leading up was. to Quez being taken down. Was it a bad block by Smith or was it a bad decision by Quez to not use Devontae Smith the way that he needed to on the bubble screen? Bad decision because I look at it, the fact that you have to read you have to read your block no matter what. If he's take if both if you can see quickly both guys are being pushed for or on opposite sides, you run through the middle. Even if Smith was going on the down block and pushing that way, Quez then Quez bounces out. That was Completely on Quez. That's why I tried to tell guy last night. Told me it was a lousy block by Smith. No, no it wasn't. No, it wasn't. The job is just to get in the way and, watch, and let watch. the guy make a move or make a play. And the fact that they threw it to Quez to beat somebody and or break a tackle is a just horribly designed play to begin with. Watch, uh, watch AJ Brown on that big uh, long touchdown against Washington. Now. There was some oh, yeah. great blocking down the field Alameda. from Devontae and Alameda, yeah. both of them, from Devontae and Alameda. But A.J. used it correctly. Right. A.J. used it. It, it. it works both ways. Here's what people – the chat drives me insane. Uh, uh, there are two different conversations. If you needed Quez Watkins to play for A.J. Brown or Devontae Smith, no. I'd rather have Alameda out there. Sure. I'd rather have Alameda. If if AJ and Devontae are playing and Dallas Goddard are playing, I'd rather have Quez out there just for the spacing. That's it. That's it. I'm not giving him the ball. Yeah, Occasionally, if it's off schedule, he's open, throw it to him. It's like Doug Peterson. Remember that conversation? Were you there for that conversation, Chris, about Matt Collins? I don't know if you were there. No, that's was before One of the greatest things right. Doug ever said, Matt Collins had to play a couple weeks, maybe two, three weeks, and they never targeted him. And Doug uh, uh, looked at the reporter, I will not say his name, and he said, he's my freaking sixth option. You should kill me if I'm designing plays for Matt Collins. <laughs> that's, 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 and Mac has gotten better since that time. But that, I mean, I, I don't think people get that. I don't think people get the roles of, of different players. If you need them to produce, if you need them for traffic purposes, targets, no, I don't want them on the field. But if you, for spacing, I want them on the field. A couple deep shots downfield. Yeah, and I still see use them with a couple deep shots downfield just to keep it safety's honest to think like, okay, he's not there just to do that. But yeah, he's, you use speed because, because AJ and Devontae are more quick than I think with pure speed. So you need somebody there to just, instead of just going, okay, we can just put our safeties 10, 10 yards off the line of scrimmage. And we just know they're going to run a bunch of crosses and maybe some fades. That's it. Yeah. All right. And uh, to answer your question, yes, earlier, John, the best fourth wide receiver in the NFL, that'd probably be Christian McCaffrey. He's a pretty good fourth choice for the 49ers. Uh, they yeah, he's, tar pretty, he's pretty good, he's out of the pretty good player. I would, I would argue he's job. probably... He might be second or third. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's not four. He, he's Even on that team, he's not four. And who do you want Who do you want to make four? Ayuk? Uh, I'll take Ayuk over Quez Watkins. Do you want to make 
Kittle for it. Yeah, I'll take Kittle over Quez Watkins. So they're they're the team that is so ranked the head of the Eagles is better at the fourth fourth receiver option uh, as well. I I would agree with that. And the fourth receiver option, who gives a f? <laughs> That's my point. There's only one football. There's only one football. AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard. When AJ couldn't get the ball, he was complaining. They couldn't get the ball to AJ. Then it was Dallas. They couldn't get the ball to Dallas. Now they didn't get the ball to Devontae. Why does anybody care? If they if they can't get the ball to those three consistently, why do people care about the fourth option? You're right. No, nobody cares until that fourth option makes a big play like the Chiefs against the, uh, the Eagles in the Super Bowl in the fourth quarter when they're fourth and arguably fifth option caught touchdown passes uncovered in the fourth quarter. No, nobody cares about them until they actually make a play that hurts you. All right. I'm, I'm banging my head against the wall. How about worrying about the defense, not communicating to letting that fifth option be wide open. That's the problem. Not that the fifth option made a play. The fifth option can make a play if he's not covered. If he's covered, he's probably not making a play. I think we're missing, uh, we're lost in the sauce when we're talking about, oh, that was Sky Moore or that was so-and-so. No, that was Slay not communicating. That's what that was. Uh, and that's the bigger issue. That's the bigger issue. The consistency is what I'm talking about. Now, the Eagles lost, the Eagles haven't lost this year. The Eagles lost in the Super Bowl last year, which was admittedly disappointing. But that's an accomplishment. Yet I get this, Chris, that people don't find it an accomplishment. And I've been talking about this since day one. The expectations for this team are insane to me. They're insane. They're 26 and 6. I say this is this team's really good. I get lambasted for pointing that out when i criticize them i get lambasted i don't know what to do with this fan base but what as far as this team measuring up against san francisco they have a better offensive line better defensive front better quarterback agree or disagree i think they got them in quarterback defensive line i think they do when you look at the depth and yeah office like yeah i agree yeah when you look in when you look at those areas, yeah, I think San Fran has – I think it's a push when it comes to overall receivers because I think he, he, they match up pretty well. Yeah, it's, it's, pretty, it's going to be a pretty evenly matched team. San Francisco, San Francisco is a great team, and they have a great defensive front. But one thing I, I think also people don't factor in, like Nick Bosa, defensive player of the year, right, does nothing against Lane Johnson. Like they have to face the Eagles' offensive line. Whereas the Eagles' defensive front gets to play the San Francisco they offensive line. Williams. Somebody's yeah. got to play against Trent Williams. Josh Sweat's going to have a tough game. Yeah. But everybody else, not so much. That's styles make fights, all I'm trying yeah. to say. It feels like it, right now, it kind of feels like college football when, you look, when, you, when you're discussing the Eagles and, and, and the 49ers and the fact that when you see the 49ers, if there was a committee to put the seating and everything else to see that one, you put the 49ers one because they blown out everybody or most of their thing 
most of the teams when the Eagles have, well, you look at the only team that they really uh, score wise, this was his last game against the Rams, but they're pretty, they're very evenly matched teams. And this was why I think as of now, when you look at it, I take it with the games that the late, it depends who has home field advantage in the game. If the Eagles at home, I think the, that's why I think the Eagles win the one seed because I think the Eagles at home with that roster they have right now, barring any significant injuries, they can win because it's going to be the last, I think it'd be a last, the last possession type game. I think they can do that. If they, if they, if they were at uh, Levi stadium, I think the 49ers will win because I think it's going to be that much of a, that close of a game with the last possession. If they toss the first off. So it's, it's really going to be a toss up that we all know how important that game is going to be. Cause it's going to be for, I think yeah. it's going to be for one seed. So and by the way, more important is going to be injuries. That's going to be more important because uh, you know, the wrong injury at the wrong time. Um, will likely there goes home field advantage to find yeah. a potential matchup. All right, last one for me, Chris Franklin, because we got off on this. Uh, who's should be power ranked higher, 49ers or the Eagles, and how you actually determine that strength of schedule? Who's played a tougher schedule so far? And I would suggest that neither one of them has been all that tough, but uh, they both played the Rams, the Eagles have played the Patriots. The Vikings, the Bucks, and the Commanders, and the 49ers have played uh, the Steelers, the Giants, the Cardinals, and the Cowboys. Who's played the tougher schedule so far, San Francisco or Philadelphia? If you go off of names, the Eagles have played the tougher schedule off and off of names. I look at that, but when you look at records, I think it's like a like a one game difference or something like that. Some yeah. they're about the same almost when you look at that. So, yeah. The, the Eagles had the benefit of going against the Giants twice. You know, the, they're yeah, I'm just much talking about right this now. part. I'm not talking about yeah. the Both teams have played. Eagles, Either one of them had, have had it tremendously tough, to be honest. But yeah. I would the say Eagles that, are going to finish strong because they have the Giants and the Cardinals. Giants, Cardinals, Giants. They're going to finish strong. Yeah, but, um, yeah, the Eagles have a tougher schedule right now. Uh, the tougher schedule as, a, yeah. as opponents so right now. Yeah, all, that's that one. <laughs> well, you know what? That kind of shakes out. Now, Buffalo is the best team in football, according according to the ESPN Power Index. Uh, which that computer. Um, yeah, San Francisco is yeah. obviously uh, very good. Uh, Dallas, not as good. Um, and you know what? A lot of that is Trayvon Diggs right off the bat. You get, you get one injury, a bad injury like that. Um, so things change so quickly in this league. Um, but yeah, right now, uh, these are the two best teams in football. Kansas City does not look good. They're winning games. I mean, um, but they do not look good. They played poor against Jody's Jets. They they got a bunch right, of breaks. But, but Joe, didn't you just say style points are irrelevant? Or yeah, they, they the Eagles irrelevant. haven't looked good either. There's a reason why the Eagles aren't top rated in some of these power ratings as well. But again, they're five and oh, do we judge style points or not judge style points? No, we don't uh, judge style points and Kansas city's a, a, a great team. I just you know, don't think they're uh, playing well. And that's why we're in the moment and they got a long time to fix things. And when you have Patrick Mahomes, uh, you're probably going to be in the mix. Um, but you know, it's just, proves a point. Everybody thinks Kansas City's this great team because they're the Super Bowl champions. They've actually performed worse than 
all the other teams we're talking about, the San Francisco's, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Ravens, the Bills, um, um, from a standpoint of what people look at. And that's why power rankings don't matter. They, right. they, don't, they don't matter. They don't matter at all. But, standing standing yeah. for the only thing that matters. All right, uh, Chris Franklin, you need to do some research. you got to be able to explain that T-shirt the next time you come on. Where you got it, how much you paid for it, what the star actually is, since it's not a Cowboy star, or so you say. Uh, we're going to need more details the next time you come on. Uh-oh. Uh, we he, got frozen, did he, Chris. Did he hear That's me? At C. Franklin News. I don't know if you can hear me. We lost it, Chris. Uh, at C. Franklin News. NJ.com. Make sure you read uh, Chris. There he's back. Uh, NJ.com. Make sure you read him there and everywhere. Um, he's up we lost him. He Franklin froze him. Thank you, Chris, if you can hear us. We, we um, will get him back up again uh, very soon, if not next week. Because I always love talking to Frank. Because he got a good sense of humor. And I can pimp him about his cowboy shirt that he's wearing. And he doesn't get out of sorts. All right. McMullen and McDonald coming back. We got to put a bow on the show. own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428-267-261-3428 my name is dr bruce grossinger and I'm the medical director of Philadelphia PRP and Stem Cell Institute. I'm reaching out to those who suffer from spine and joint pain. We use treatment methods that require no surgery, no scalpel, no drugs. Running, walking, or whatever your desires are, Dr. Groshner is where you need to come. You can benefit from the same PRP and stem cell treatment as Wilbert Montgomery. Call us now at 610-222-5675. Save at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. All right, quick bow on the show because you got the Philly Power Hour. Bill Cullen, we will come up next here on the YouTube uh, uh, channel, Jacob YouTube channel. Um, I right, John, have we reached the point where the Eagles are going to have a walkthrough Wednesday? No, we're still too early. Oh, practice today? Yeah, real practice today. You sure about that, huh? Yeah, uh, barring a late change, which is never out of the question for the Eagles. But uh, full practice is on the docket for the New York Jets. Later in the season, you will have walkthrough Wednesdays. Walkthrough Wednesdays. As they try to save the veterans. We're, the we're Jason Kelsey's, the Lane Johnson's, the Brandon Graham's, et cetera, et cetera. Right, so make a prediction for me. Will you or won't you see Sidney Brown practicing today? Yeah, well, uh, he was limited at the end of last week, so I assume he's going to start limited um, unless there was a setback. Um, uh, I think he'll at least be limited. If he's full, that's a really, really good sign, really good sign. That is, that would be a good sign, but you expect Roby to get the lion's share of. Oh, yeah. He's the slot corner now. Yeah. There you yeah. go. He was the best of the bunch who played it last week. So yeah. we shall see. All right, Johnny Mac, uh, I'd say we do this again tomorrow. You in? Yeah, let's do it. McMullen and McDonald, right back here on Birds 365 in two and two. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.